Welcome to TalkErie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie, PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. And so we want to welcome to the microphone uh, the new executive director is Cal Pfeiffer, the executive director. Cal, I'm sorry I'm stumbling on that, but welcome to the show. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for the uh, the invitation. Happy to be here and happy to be back in Erie. And we've got Pam Parker. She is the project manager for the Hagen History Center. Pam, great to see you again. It's always great to see you guys. And this new place is gorgeous. Thank you. Yeah, we're, 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 we're working on it. We're working on it. And of course, uh, you know, a true jewel is the Hagen History Center. So, Cal, uh, let's get a little bit of, of, of backstory here. Yeah, it's kind of a big return for you. So tell us how you came up. Where'd you go to high school? And, you know, are you a transplant into Erie or did you grow up here? Well, a little bit of both, and it, uh, it tends to confuse people, so I always break it down by the, uh, the school years. Um, so I was born in Erie, um, went to elementary school here um, in Mill Creek, um, Ridgefield Elementary, no, yeah. longer, no longer with us. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then um, my father took a overseas transfer, and we went to Perth, Australia um, for my middle school years. Um, formative experience. Um, got into sailing when I lived in Australia. And the reason why that I mentioned that, um, it wasn't just a pastime that really served as the basis of my career, but wow. I didn't know it at the time. Sure. Uh, moved back to Houston, Texas, where I did high school and undergrad and started passionately pursuing traditional ships or tall ships. Um, and actually, that was I've had these weird sort of in a weird but beautiful at the same time pulls back to Erie. So in addition to always visiting, I when I decided that I wanted to sail on my first tall ship, I had applied to probably about 30 different ships and organizations up and down the East Coast. The one that actually accepted me was my hometown ship. The Niagara it was the last time that she did an East Coast voyage. Um, what era is this, Cal? I this mean... was 2000. Okay. Um, so it was the Millennium Sale. Um, it was a big deal. So when I signed up for it, I didn't realize what a significant event it was from a maritime perspective. But we were in the um, parade of sail in New York Harbor on 4th of July. Um, there's a wow. iconic photo. We Niagara graced the front cover of the New York Times with President Clinton aboard the aircraft carrier saluting Niagara. It was an incredible moment to be uh, an Erieite and just sure. to, to be there for that. That's and, and are those sales not happening? Because of the rules of t after twenty uh, of two th of nine eleven, there or so, did nine eleven impact all that? No, nothing to do with nine eleven. Okay, it was Niagara certification. So uh, okay. in the maritime world, it's called the certificate of inspection, the COI. Mm. So at the time, she couldn't take train uh, paying trainees. Uh, it was an all volunteer program. Um, you didn't have the watertight bulkheads that exist today. In fact, we, we were out in the open ocean. We were making a crossing from Boston to Halifax, 
and we were taking waves into the birthing deck because all there were were the you know the canvas covers. So right. Kind of duck into the Gloucester Mass. Uh, you know, get out of the storm. <laughs> oh my word! Very different ship and, and program. So when that changed. And she was able to take um, paying trainees. Yeah. It meant that she was in the Great Lakes to, to stay. Okay, gotcha. Wow, wow. So uh, so at some point, um, so you took this job at Niagara. At some point, you got involved with the Historical Society, right? So the story with Niagara sort of continues. So this was okay. in high school at the time. So yeah. I keep doing these tall ships uh, throughout high school, throughout college, gaining more experience. And it was... Uh, sort of the, the culminating shipboard experience that I had always wanted to do it was a floating school that sailed out of Canada, um, sails around the world. So it's literally high school on a ship, um, fully accredited, um, it's two semesters long, and it's a, it's a global voyage. So not a true circumnavigation, um, but I'd always wanted to teach aboard that ship. Wow. Um, so my undergrad major was political communications, and I was hired to teach uh, political science uh, aboard for the for the voyage. Um, incredible experience, something like 17 countries. What's the name? What was the name of the ship? Uh, it was the Concordia. Okay. Um, the program is called uh, Class of Floats. Uh, the program still exists. The ship no longer exists. Oh, um, wow. It was purpose-built um, and had successful voyages since 1984 yeah. until a few years after um, I did my voyage. Um, she was tragically hit by microburst, um, also known as a white squall in the maritime world, and uh, sank off the coast of Brazil. Thank God, no loss of life, good training, but uh, rescued by the Brazilian Coast Guard made international news. Do 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 the tall? Just I'm, I'm fascinated. I'm sorry. I mean, we'll we'll get to the history center. But do the tall ships carry, you know, standard lifeboats like, like you like you would see in? Um, uh, I'm your captain now. You know, captain. You know, what I'm talking about the. Well, they're pods and they're yeah, they're, yeah they but they're fully covered, right? Fully, Fiberglass. Fully covered. They they can be released manually, or they have a hydrostatic release. They hit a certain depth yeah. and they'll float to the surface. Gotcha. But the reason why I'm I'm sharing all this information yeah. for the the tall ships. So the second sort of pull back the Erie. So I finished the the world voyage. And the founder of Class of Floats says, well, what are you going to do next? Because everybody just did one year um, and then would go off and do something. So, you know, I'm not really sure. said, you know, we could team up together. Um, this idea of maritime museums and their tall ships being partnered with schools, it's, um, it doesn't exist. And I really, you know, see a, a, um, a need for it across the industry. And I said, I agree. And obviously having the experience that brought the bear of how do you do school on a vessel, um, it meant a lot of sense to create this company. Um, so we had clients throughout the country and Erie Maritime Museum ends up becoming a client because now their COI has is, is changed from when yeah. I was a volunteer. Yeah. They're taking paying trainees and they're saying our program's losing money. But the focus at the time was on the recruitment of a trainee here, a trainee there. So the idea was how could we put together a plan that would partner them with institutions, local colleges, high schools, so that they had a full ship. Mm. So we're about halfway through the, uh, the consulting arrangement, and the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania completely zeroes out the funding for the ship. 
Uh, she was 100% state funded up until that point. And they said, you're done, she could be nailed to the dock. So a lot of people will remember this. So this was around 2009, it was right after the recession, the state was tight on cash, uh, mm -hmm. Pennsylvania Historical Museum Commission was cutting back. Um, so if it almost had been any other program, you could have made a business decision and said, you know, this is outside the scope or you walk away from it, but this is my hometown ship, I, we need to do something. So the idea was to shift the goalposts on that engagement, do a complete soup to nuts of what would need to happen if this organization would become self-sufficient. Right. Um, so at the same time, the state extended an olive branch and they said, you know, we'll put a third of the funding back into the project if you can show community support because you never really have in the past. And this was directed at the Erie community. And it was largely true because if the state's writing the check, the community right. never really needed to rally. So the Erie Yacht Club was willing to do a um, SNAP fundraiser. Um, Dave Heitzenreiter was, uh, was Commodore at the time and, and saw the vision for it. Um, so we had the MOU from the Yacht Club and then Cathedral Prep said, we'll do a program on board. Yeah. So we had the MOUs for, from both organizations that take to Harrisburg. They said, okay, we agree, community support, and put a third of the funding back in. So they became the sole client working on the ground, ended up joining um, the, um, the staff there for the, for the league, the, the friends group. Yeah. Um, moved back to Erie from Newport, Rhode Island, where I was living. And it's, so meanwhile, I'm watching um, Erie County Historical Society and always have loved history, mm -hmm. loved, um, you know, the, the historical society, even from being a little boy, I always tell people, you know, when I turned 10 and was still living in Erie, my, my grandmother asked me, she said, we could do anything. It's, uh, it's your birthday. What do you want to do today? And I said, I want to go to the Erie Cemetery. Um, <laughs> okay. not, yeah, not, in a, not in a morbid way. I'm not praying many 10-year-olds wanting to spend the day in the cemetery. But did you but, know where Strong Vincent was buried? <laughs> <laughs> we, found, we found out. Yeah, you sure did. Wow. Uh, no, That's true, amazing. True, true story. Um, but it was, it was watching Historical Society and seeing this organization with tremendous potential going to the events um, and then the position became available and I went and saw you know mentors and asked people what they thought um, one of the people um, who had the longest standing relationship um, with the organization um, was uh, Dr. Bill Garvey mm -hmm. who founded Jefferson Society, but he was so tied in with the Erie Public Museum and the um, which was the predecessor to the Historical Society that when he left Mercyhurst, the idea was to have him be a scholar in residence mm -hmm. at Historical Society. So there was this beautiful office built for him on, uh, on State Street and it was some change that, no, that's not the plan, you know, found the Jefferson. And so I asked Dr. Garvey, what do you, what do you think? And he said, if you are seriously interested in this, given the organization's challenges, where they're at, um, the fact that they have sold their headquarters um, on State Street mm -hmm. uh, to the Erie Art Museum as part of their expansion. It's not a question of if they move, it's where. 
He said, you have monumental challenges. This will be the biggest thing you've ever taken on in your career. It might be the biggest um, in your entire career, and it will take everything that you, you have. And said, okay. And I can say, looking back, that truer words were never spoken. Wow. Um, it was the most intense three years, not just then, but, but has been. Um, I put my heart and soul into trying to stabilize um, finances first from an operational perspective before we got into um, the brick and mortar to start building Hagen History Center. Um, we had an awesome board. Um, Pam was on the board, really blessed with a really hands-on uh, board chair who I, every chance that I can publicly tell people because it's 100% true, I could not have done that job without him. He knew how short-staffed we were and rolled up his sleeves. He was retired at the time. He was there every single day, which is unusual for a board chair, but yeah. it was just that much work that whether it was extra financial, whether it was moving boxes, um, it, um, it was, a, I think, a, a real community effort to take us from State Street over to what people see today on, on West 6. Who was, who was that board chair? Jack Watts. Oh, wow. Jack Watts, an amazing, amazing guy who is married to an amazing lady, um, Kathy Watts, who was equally, you know, strong as a, as a volunteer. Mm -hmm. And you remember the people in these, in these projects the most because um, yeah. they make it happen. So, Cal, uh, the, uh, we're, we're kind of getting your story here. And so you were, you were at the helm when this merger happened. So the Historical Society on State Street, um, you know, it's funny because I'm like a super, super history guy, and I never made it into that facility. And I don't know why. Like, uh, you know, it was, probably was my issue, but I, I guess I didn't feel I could get the rhythm of going there. Whereas, you know, Victorian Christmas, you just went to the Watson Curtsy yeah. Mansion. You know what I mean? So what happened was um, the Watson Curtsy Mansion was the Republic Museum. Um, it merged with the Historical Society actually in the 90s. Um, I never knew that. So we had, we had the two sites on State Street that were next to each other. Cashier's House um, and then the office building, exhibit building, uh, right next to cashiers. We had Watson Curtsy Mansion, and then we had the two battles properties, the two farmhouses in Girard, which sits on 100 acres. Um, so the, um, the plan, uh, actually, when I was hired, uh, all the questions were, what are you going to do about the armory? We were supposed to go to the Erie Armory that Erie Insurance is in now. Um, because it was um, being offered for free. There was the potential that, that we could go without a dollar. So the state wanted to get rid of it. The state had gotten rid of it. Uh, Erie Insurance acquired it. Erie okay. Insurance didn't have a plan for it. So right. it was really Erie Insurance saying, if you want it, it's yours. Gotcha. Um, so I went into the job thinking that's where we were going. The analysis, though, after going through it, would have taken an enormous amount of money to mm -hmm. build out that site and do the armory inside and out. If we did that, it would have taken all of our resources and then some 
um, what would have happened to Watson Curtsy that had deferred maintenance that was so bad you could actually put your finger through the wood of the solarium. Oh, wow. Um, the back of the carriage house had fallen off a few years prior to that. The, the battles properties weren't in good shape. It just didn't make sense. So there was extra land that was available at Watson Curtsy um, in the back. So we're reviewing, you know, not just that plan exclusively. We're looking at all these options. We're working with Jeff Kidder, who wasn't charging us, but was using real numbers saying this is what this would cost. And we landed on let's do a build out at Watson Curtsy and turn it into a history campus. Was Wood Morrison available at the time? Or? It was not. It was a private wow. office, and yeah. that wasn't even part of the, the plan. Wow. I mean, we knew areas two federally designated historic districts, State Street, the part that we're on, not the entire street, and West Six between uh, Perry Square and, and Gridley. So while Wood Morrison and adjacent properties weren't part of the initial plan, could you imagine a better place for a history it's campus than, than that street, that neighborhood? Absolutely. And so you were able to acquire enough land for parking and then to do that build out of the exhibit space and as well uh, the uh, archive space. Again, uh, back in the mid-teens, that's where this all came together then? So this would have been uh, uh, the period between 2013, and we did the grand opening in August of 2015. Wow. So that phase was a $4.5 million project that was complete inside and out renovation of Watson Curtsy Mansion itself, the carriage house, and then the addition of the archive building. Um, then, um, after I had departed the organization, um, the next director, um, the leadership of George Deutsch, it was Wood Morrison House came online. Then the new exhibit building. Mm -hmm. um, so there's been uh, considerable, I did a tally recently, and if my map's correct, I want to say it's something like 46,000 square feet that exists on the site right now. Um, it is a true historical campus in every sense of the word. It's like a mini college campus. What, what has been the, the aggregate investment in that corner since the, you know, the, the 2010s? It's about $11 million. Is that right? So, and that's just in that site that, of course, doesn't include investment on the street itself, which has been enormous. Absolutely. Uh, I've got about two minutes uh, before the bottom of the hour break. Cal, I want to ask you when, you, when you look across your peers in, in, in medium or small size cities like ours, you know, uh, is, is this pretty getting close to best in class? Uh, this is about as unique as it uh, as it gets for this size of city. It uh, and obviously you can have all the best ideas in the world as a community. If you don't have the philanthropy to support it, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And people know um, the site is called the Hagen History Center. Um, it would not have happened without the, the backing of our um, top philanthropist in town who was not involved previously. Um, every, he's always had a passion for history, but that was his really first involvement. He's continued to stay involved, and it's strategic investments. It's not just writing a, a check that has brought others to the table um, and created this, this domino effect.
it's it, it's remarkable that uh, we're able to benefit. And again, we're 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 looking to our past so we can move forward. And and this is, I, I feel like we're in a moment here, at least with this particular organization, that it's akin to what were, were some of the assets that were left us. 100 years ago, right? When you think about the old public library, you think about some of, you know, the the uh, the acquisition of the Hassam. You know, I mean, some of the things that we've been able to benefit from, what we're building today is for our grandchildren and great-grandchildren. It it absolutely is. You were talking about uh down in Pittsburgh. Uh I mean, everybody's noticing what's happening in Erie. It, they're not only noticing, but they were just blown away from a business perspective hearing what's happening. Because they know Erie, but when you tell them $130 million invested into the downtown core over, and they said, over the past decade? No, no, no. The last two, three years? Yeah. $11 million into a historical site, untold dollars into a historic corridor? Uh, people are genuinely impressed because you don't see this type of investment happening every day across the country, um, and especially here in, in Western PA. All right. So uh, uh, you, you left. You went to go work for Duquesne, right? Uh, so I left Historical Society for Mercyhurst University, okay. um, the uh, Victor administration, to be one of uh, the vice presidents. Um, nobody told me, though, that when you join higher ed that you follow the president. Um, it's well known <laughs> in the – so when your president retires – um, it's similar to a corporation where someone comes in and they uh, they tend to pick their own team. So sure. our entire team left to go somewhere. Yeah. Um, I was recruited to Duquesne University to work on a, a fascinating project, um, the startup of Western PA's newest College of Medicine. So when it's finished, we'll have uh, three med schools, uh, UPMC, LECOM, and Duquesne. Is that right? Well, that's that's a big bet that they're making, huh? It's the largest financial investment in the university's <laughs> history. So, <laughs> pretty high stakes. And and, and then uh, George uh, George decided to retire, or, and I think that was probably always part of the plan that he was a caretaker, but also you know was part of that major build out uh, of uh, the most recent investments. And so you said, let me throw my hat in the ring again? I would have loved to have come back to Erie. I didn't know if it was going to be possible yeah. um, to, to be able to return. It's, you know, I wanted to be a part of this amazing renaissance. Um, so when he announced his retirement and, you know, the possibility of, um, of returning, it was interesting because on one hand, it's the organization that I know and love. But I've shared with everybody, I said, if the organization was the same as when I left it, I'm just at a different place in, in my career. Um, but it's grown substantially because of this investment from a staff side, from a budget size, from a physical standpoint. So if I were to go and be executive director of any organization, any museum in the country, it would be, you know, in that, in that ballpark of a budget size. So it was like the best of both worlds, a place that I am genuinely passionate about, a city that I'm passionate about um, for a, a new and improved organization. So I'm just thrilled to be back. 
It's amazing. Pam, uh, jump in on this because, uh, again, we've had the conversations uh, over the last couple, well, as long as we've had the radio show here. And, uh, you know, this the, these major, major improvements that Cal is referring to, uh, I mean, it's really just come together in, in, in a matter of months, right? I mean, especially with the pandemic kind of holding us back a little bit. Well, it, it sure did, but we've had, uh, we were one of the first people who came out with uh, the the big gala and mm-hmm. the other, the grand opening that we had, which uh, I think a lot of people showed up just because they were ready to get get out. And yeah. um, we had, we had 2,000 people, I think, that first weekend. And we're now working on our second floor above the Frank Lloyd Wright exhibit. So we'll, we're just crossing our fingers. That one should be finished. Hopefully we... Hopefully in a few weeks. We, I mean, we won't be ready for people to come through yet. But right. yeah, I mean, and that will uh, that will complete pretty much what we have right now. So I don't know what Cal has planned. But I'm <laughs> sure he's gonna. Yeah. Well, and I, I speak to what Cal mentioned that it's more than just what the people that are taking the tours immediately see. The the organization has gotten beefier as far as and has more heft, has more capacity. Well, we're involved in a lot more things. Um, when you have more people, you can do that. For yeah. example, community events, we go out, uh, the outreach events, uh, schools, uh, our West Bayfront, a lot of those things, Speakers Bureau. Uh, you know, we've had mm-hmm. a lot more people available to do those things. Um, I think we've been to Spring Hill as speakers. Of, I think mean, nearly everybody we have has been up there. And history is what people love to hear about. You know, when yeah. people say, oh, my gosh, I remember that. When people come through for tours and, and that prompts somebody to say, well, you should come and speak to our group or you should come and speak to our school. We've had... I can't even count the number of kids that we've had in the last probably couple months because the schools were a little hesitant to sure. go out for. But we've had tours. We had a school here from Ohio, and uh, seventh and eighth graders, and they were thrilled to come through. So we've had um, all the you know so many grade school kids. Yeah, we had not a lot of high school kids, but we've had yeah. a lot of, and they are just loving it. Uh, we had this past weekend the folks from the Martin House, the Frank Lloyd Wright Martin House. Up in Buffalo, they were here, and uh, so yeah, we've we've got a lot going on. Yeah, I, I ducked in on that uh, seminar Mr. Squalia did about the hundred years ago, the twenties. You know, again, what a fascinating moment for for Erie and all the go 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 that we were doing here. I have to ask you, Cal, if there is like a an element of history that just kind of goes with you. Is it this nautical history for you? You know, I'm passionate about the nautical history, but I I think when it comes to Erie's history, I'm particularly interested in our uh, manufacturing heritage. Mm -hmm. I think it's what helped to build the city and in in many ways, at least in my mind, make it unique from the standpoint. You truly don't see many standalone cities at this population with the assets that we have. You know, we're not a... Uh, a suburb or an exurb of a largest, uh, you know, a, a major city. Yet we have history museum, art museum, children's museum, zoo. The you know the list goes on. It's a Philharmonic. Um, it's because of that wealth that was created through our robust manufacturing. 
Yeah, and, and again, I feel like the kind of conversations we have around the microphones, there there still is that tendency to wish, to 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 be wistful about what we have lost. I, I, I always I always get a tear in my eye when I think about AMSCO. I never worked for AMSCO. I worked for the hospitals. But to me, uh, beyond even GE and, and Hammer Mill, uh, maybe a little bit of Hammer Mill, but AMSCO was the true eerie you know, best in class, best in the world, uh, doing this super advanced manufacturing and to like to have it leave us is just a, a narrative that just it's painful. It's mm -hmm. painful. And, uh, and and but we you know, to look forward here, uh, I think we have to learn from our past. And uh, uh, I think w w in listening to Mr. Squaley, it was like, yeah, some of the some of the attitudes back then, they, they still are consistent uh, today, uh, you know, about, uh, you know, how, how this all works out. Um, all right. So let's talk about, uh, you know, moving forward here. Uh, you, you hit the ground running. Uh, what are some of the major initiatives that you're working on? So one of the, the biggest things that um, is going to take place and from a planning standpoint over the, the next year is we have this amazingly beautiful site in Girard um, known as the Battles Estate. Um, two farmhouses, 100 acres, um, no programming. And there's a reason why there's no programming. It's a difficult site to program. We don't have a critical mass to be able to do a living farm. We, and I won't waste the time to rattle off the list of the things that are, are challenging to do, but it's not from a lack of attention to the property. It's the question is, you know, what do we do? We know we have to do something meaningful um, to program it and to, to activate a, a site that's an amazing asset, not just for the organization, but for the entire county. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're just trying, you're trying to figure out, figure that all out, huh? We're in an exploratory phase. There's been yeah. some work done to, to date, but I would love to be sitting here, you know, this time next summer and say this is sort of the vision or, or what we're going to, to do because we really are um, a countywide organization it's mm -hmm. you know the focus is not just on Erie's core and sure. uh, the, the our agricultural past and being a, a, a true breadbasket region is extremely important the the uh, the other thing that seems to occur to me you mentioned your passion for manufacturing history that's going to really uh, really pop I guess uh, in the second floor right I mean some of the intimations is what I'm hearing is that that's part well, of that that and immigration and the immigration yeah. so the people uh, I would imagine that uh, during in this current moment we're very aware of telling all of the story of Erie history right talk about that it is um, that particular exhibit is um, is really amazing because it in a seamless fashion and I could say it's amazing because I had absolutely nothing to do with it <laughs> well, I, they would make it a presentation today and I thought oh my goodness so many moving parts with it but it, it really it will I think show people um, that you can't have one without the other what causes immigration people trying to mm -hmm. come to a better life 
they were coming to Erie because of the jobs we had. Um, that that made it possible. But it so they're here. They're working in these places, and then they're building the social institutions that we have today. The the churches, the ethnic social clubs, those are all seamlessly integrated into this new exhibit. So you start with the people and the patterns, where they worked and what they did. What did they do when they you know went home at the yeah. end of the day? It, it's interesting because. Uh, so, so so many of uh, old timers, you know, just don't expect a whole lot out of Erie institutions. And what what you've set out here is to have uh, something that would would fit at at the Heinz History Center or would fit at the Smithsonian. Is isn't that really the approach to the best in class type of it, it really exhibits? Is. Yeah. And it's um, the, right now a lot of the murals are up, and I'm calling them murals. So it's the whole all the walls up there have just hundreds and hundreds of pictures on them. And people are gonna recognize the people in them. I mean, it's people, it's a lot, a lot, a lot of people. It's, of course, the businesses, the industries, the farming, the fishing. Um, you're gonna see a little bit of houses in there too. Nice. So it's one of those things where when you walk through, you just, I, I got chills walking through because I have been there and you, you watch these 50 page plans that show you what it's going to look like and you get i i don't get it what is it really and then you walk up there and it, it just gives you chills it's uh so impressive and just the murals are up so right well and you know and again what's already there you know whether it is the military history or the nautical history the you know the erie can you know the erie extension canal uh, you know, the, the stuff about perry it, it's it's all there and of course you know, Matt Anthony Wayne's pot. Of course. <laughs> we have to always, every conversation, we have to mention <laughs> the pot. Um, so, all right, so let's talk about community involvement in, in, in touch points. You know, you know what, what are some of your goals as far as membership or, you know, programming? What are you thinking there, Cal? We're going to continue to build um, out more programming that gives people unique ways to access history. Um, mm -hmm. When people think of, of history, oftentimes they'll say, it's dry, it's boring, I don't want to just sit in a lecture. We're going to have active ways to participate, whether it's walking, biking, um, some of that is, is taking place already. You can expect to see more of that. Um, different tours of different places that is going to, I, I think, surprise a lot of people and say, that's really cool. I wouldn't necessarily, you know, go to that when I'm thinking history, but that's really what it is. I was making a couple remarks last night, and I was saying, that, you know, our history from a community perspective, it's really about stories. It's that shared experience, um, you know, memories from growing up, whatever it might be. Um, and we'll uh, we'll find ways to, to do that. We're um, does that get you out of the building? It gets um, us out of the building, out to the community, the yeah. neighborhood, different parts of the city. Yeah. One of the things I could tell you right now for sure that I want to bring people into the building with. Last time I was director, we had uh, Downton Abbey was the big show on PBS. Sure. Uh, now we have second season of Gilded Age coming back to allow people to experience something like the Gilded Age right here in Erie, where they can sit and have a dinner or get dressed up, we're gonna do that because cool. it's it's fun. Yeah, the, again, it, it makes it, it makes it come alive. Well, I could see, you know, again, when you think about, you know, the, 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 the brains that are associated with the historical society, it would be super cool to, 
you know, to have that that firefighter expert go to you know to the you know to the Pufferbelly, you know, which is now the Erie Insurance uh, Event Center, and talk about, hey, this is how this is how firefighting came came to be, or this is this is how the insurance industry, you know, set its foot here in Erie, and tell these stories as you're as you're looking at the old main building of, of Erie Insurance, or 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 old main of Gannon, and and in the Strongs and the the story with Taft. What, Pam, what is the deal with? Um, I have to. I, I don't know anything about the fella behind Project Algerine, but those movies. Oh, Brian's fabulous. He's been into it. He's going to be working with us. He's okay. Some, he's he's it's, absolutely. It's an fabulous. interesting he's, deal. Yeah, he's uh, he's just a great guy. He came in and um, he's really. Is he? Does he use your assets for the research a lot? Or uh, a lot of what he did, I think he did during COVID, so he couldn't yeah. even come in. Which is we're we're trying to change all of that too because we are digitizing just about everything we have. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, we we are working on that. So he used a lot of different things, and um, yeah, now he's just. He's really just a great kid, and oh, okay. everybody's a kid. <laughs> we we invited him to come on. We'll 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 keep working on him to see if he'll he'll come and and tell us his stories. There there's I mean there's so much fun in history, yeah. and, and again, uh, you know when when somebody is like an amateur like I am, you know I just it's. It, it, is, it is amazing when you start picking at things, you know. I was teasing Scott Mitchell about the aqua zoo that was supposed to go in oh. <laughs> up, at, uh, up at the field house. Oh, that's right. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We talked about putting it down a track, and that didn't Is that out. right, yeah. too? Wow. Um, and, and, you know, what, what the Strong's... The Strongs were really opposed to the Peninsula Road back 110 <laughs> years ago, and they had to finagle that whole thing. I mean, there's so many stories, Cal, and that's what you're that's what you're talking about is activating these stories so people have a better understanding of where they're coming from. 100 percent, and telling more of them. I mean, you mentioned telling everybody's story, and that's something that we're going to continue to strive to do. So it's not just the same families or the same houses that. Uh, you know, it's it's more broad based. It's you know, when you um, uh, a lot of it has already been written. Mm -hmm. um, some of it hasn't, and it's going to take um, primary search, uh, you know, resource um, materials to do it. But the stories are there, and they need to be told. Mm -hmm. um, and there, it just I feel like we've scratched the surface. Um, all of the, the history books on Erie, as an example, they tend to tell the same parts of the history in the same way. Um, and we need to expand upon that right. because it's only a small, small sliver. And it is just amazing what what we uncover and what's out there. Erie's you know, place and position on the national stage in many of these cases. Yeah, it, it, it is amazing. Again, uh, we, and we could go on and on and on. Uh, but the the it is amazing to me. There was a moment I think that Erie could have really been a Cleveland, and uh, and we chose not to be. And I think it was mostly a political choice, and also uh, we didn't want we didn't want the competition. A lot of the business owners. I mean, there's just so much out there. Um, but we can't get hung up on that because we have to look to the future. And so, all right, uh, let's get people involved if they if they want to join. Uh, you, you know, can join for uh, twenty five dollars. Forty dollars gets an entire family membership. They go up from there. You can come if you buy a membership. You can come anytime you want. So there's right. no admission fee. 
ever. And How about for special talent. events? You guys are pretty booked. We are. Who, who, really who's, our, who's your gal that, that is amazing at that? Uh, well, Shelby left. She oh, Shelby's now, gone. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, but yeah. we have Sarah Little, who does okay. a fabulous job, and we have Anna Fole. Gotcha. And uh, there's a whole bunch of us who will help you out if you need. So something. if you have a wedding or a party oh, yeah. or but we've class got reunion, our own parties. Okay, okay, wow. Okay, Friday you're programming. Night, huh? We uh, we have uh, we're on gallery night, so we will be open. And we're we're one of the earlier shifts because we're not downtown mm -hmm. in the main in the thick of things. Yeah. We are five to eight, so you can come through on Friday night, and we have a food truck and some other activities. And then on Sunday, Sunday is a big day for us. It's Father's Day, and we have Hans Myers is going to his book. Have you heard about his book? No. Strong Vincent. Um, and he has been, he's also Val Meyer's son from Erie Times News. Oh, cool. He's been working on this book for a while, and he's fascinating. So he's going to come to Maybe a Maybe I signing. have heard about this. this yeah. is, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Little Round Top. And um, we also have a lot of other activities on Sunday, and it's free. It's a free day. So, Fantastic. you know, it'll be it's a great place to come down and hang out. We've got picnic tables outside. We've, you know, we're the, we're the place to be. <laughs> I love it, and 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 Cal knew that. That's why he's back. So that's right. Well, uh, congratulations on the new appointment. And I know it's like literally in the last couple weeks here. Thank you for taking the time to come here, and Pam, always a pleasure. You've been listening to the Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing Joel at TalkErie.com.